Hello, 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 and welcome to Capital Musings, UNCDF podcast, where we focus on fresh ideas that make finance work for the poor. Today, I have the pleasure of meeting His Excellency Minister Lamin Dipa. Minister Lamin Dipa is the Minister of Environment, Climate Change, and Natural Resources of the Gambia, and he's at the front line of realizing the Gambia 2050 climate vision. But climate action and sustainable development go hand in hand. Welcome, Minister. How are you doing today? Thank you very much. The pleasure is all ours. So, Minister, please share with us three words that describe your life journey thus far and what these words mean to you. Well, passion, perseverance, and dedication. And what do they mean to you? Dedication, since I was a child, I always believed that whatever I'm doing, I have to give full attention to it and the perseverance, any challenges that I come across with it, I have to be at those challenges and see how best to come around those challenges to turn them into opportunity. So these are very important things for me, and uh, this has guided me throughout and my life journey to where I am today. Thanks so much, Minister. So dedication, perseverance, and passion. So about passion, how did your passion for the environment and climate finance come about? Environment in general, I have passion for environment because I believe that nothing can be possible without depending on the environment. So protecting the environment is something that will give sustainability to life on this earth, particularly the human race, homo sapiens man himself, but man's relations with other creatures, including the flora and fauna, is so significant to the existence of man himself. So that is why I have passion to preserve the human species on the earth by protecting the, our, our surround. Thanks so much, Minister. So I know that you're a big supporter of the locale approach and locale for audiences, the local climate adaptive leading facility that is a mechanism for channeling climate finance to communities for locally led adaptation. This was designed by UNCDF and is being implemented in the Gambia. So Minister, can you tell us a little bit more about what has been achieved in the Gambia with locale and why locale is so different and so suited to the Gambian needs? I mean, before going to specific mechanism, climate finance, climate change is a challenge, not only to developing countries, but the entire globe. So providing mechanisms to support the efforts of both developing and developed countries is something that I believe is a priority. And as a result, as a government, looking at our climate change policy, we're looking at the vulnerability of our country and how do we support our country to build resilience, not only in the national economy, but also at the local level. So this is what really prompted the government of the Gambia to embrace the concept of local adaptive climate adaptation at the local level. And uh, this has uh, significantly improved the lives and the livelihood of those involved in the local program. Because what local did in the 32 districts that they are so far operating in, it gives support to vulnerable individuals and communities to support their mitigation, 
and adaptation activities at the grassroots. And this enhances their resilience to ensure that not only activities that can enhance their livelihood. And uh, we have seen how local has improved the lives and the livelihood of those people and also create jobs along the way. By the way, this is one thing that we as a government would want to achieve by creating jobs, particularly for the young people and uh, green jobs for that matter. And I know that the uh, cash for work that local has introduced in the Gambia in the 32 districts have also enabled some other individuals and farmer associations to venture into sustainable production of uh, certain cash crop that alternative to the main cash crop that is groundnut, and that enabled them to have their own corner shops. So that alone built the local economy and which we anticipate when it's upscale can spur national economic development and that can build a more reliable and sustainable resilience within the economy of the Gambia. And we, as a government, are trying to see post-COVID recovery to be on a green path and also embrace the concept of green economy as well as circular economy. So this local mechanism can help us to source more funds to support these concepts and also support our local economic development at the local level. So the local is an instrument that we are really advocating for its upscaling in the country to cover the entire country. And we are working on those modalities to see that as a government and our partners, we come together and put our hands together and our efforts to synergize to ensure that we upscale and retain the gains and consolidate the gains that we have already achieved in the local program. Thank you, Minister. I think you really highlighted some key elements of why climate adaptation and climate finance is so important and the spillover effects you may have, especially at the local level. So creating great jobs for young people, building the local economy. And this is so important, especially as we look up to post-COVID-19 recovery and making sure that this recovery is sustainable and brings forward those items and those principles of the circular economy that you've touched upon. So talking about climate, you attended the COP26 in Glasgow. So why do you think that international events like the annual conference of the parties or COPs are so important for countries, especially the least developed countries like the Gambia? Well, it's, it's important because uh, this is where we set the tone for supporting our mitigation and adaptation activities. And for your information, the last COP25, COP24 and COP26, Gambia was identified as one country to represent the least developed countries in the climate adaptation financing negotiation. You can see that this event will bring together not only national governments, but also civil society organizations, businesses of private sector, to come together and chart a way forward to how do we support the global efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions into the atmosphere. And this is very important because we, on this part of the world, we are experiencing and feeling the effects of climate change on our lives and livelihoods. But if you look at 
the emission level, what we are emitting into the atmosphere is very, very, very small. But the consequence of climate change is enormous on our people because we are vulnerable. So this conference, international conference, enable us to tell the international community what are our needs and how do we intend to address those needs. And these are some of the things that we reflect in the text of the agreements that we all signed up to as national governments and also the civil society to advocate for certain things to be fast-tracked because you can see that the negotiation has been on for so many years now and there are still gray areas that we are still hoping to have a consensus around to support the international efforts to support greenhouse gas emission on the globe. So this is very significant for us to be able to tell them what are our needs. For instance, we need the resources and these resources can only come through those international mechanisms. And we also need capacity development. We also need technology transfer and we need the capacity of our people to be developed. And we know what kind of capacity we require. We know the kind of technology we need to be transferred uh, so that we can live a sustainable life in our communities. Thank you, Minister. I think you've touched upon the two sides of the coin here. On the one hand, the very more nature-based rationale behind the need for these international events to occur, but also like to talk about it, to define and to caution a little bit possible solutions, have this uh, technology transfer that you're talking about but also a more like the capacity development aspect of it, but also most importantly, the financing aspects, because uh, whilst LDCs are the ones emitting less, still they, they bear the brunt of the effects of climate change, especially in emerging economies. So do you think that right now with this COP26, so you just got back, it happened a couple months ago. Do you think something has changed? Do you think that the financing is finally a core element that the more funding partners will focus more on down the line, especially for adaptation? Or is there any other element that you took back from COP26 this year? No, actually, this is a very a hot topic for all of us because coming back from COP26, we all know that we're trying to bring adaptation to the same level with the mitigation, but the resources that are required to adapt because adaptation looks more expensive because what is being played and what is being given for now, there is a discrepancy. And what we need is that we need even the funds are available. We need mechanisms like local to easily access these resources. Availability is one thing, but accessing the methods, the approach to access these resources sometimes take a lot of time that you definitely, as a country, you have your issues to address, but time is going and sometimes these issues, these problems are exacerbated by certain conditions that are beyond your control. But what you can do, if we have resources at our disposal that can be easily accessed, we can be able to solve some of those issues along the way. But we have disasters along. We have storms, we have windstorms, we have flooding, we have all this. So in fact, this is one major issue with the negotiation that is loss and damage, especially with the small island states. 
And uh, some of us in the Sahel that are prone to the certification, which uh, in turn helps to fuel uh, windstorms and the like. So these are some of the things that we need to quickly address, particularly the financing aspect. I mean, when we, as uh, least developed countries, when we want to adapt local as a mechanism to support accessing resources, is something that we definitely want to see happen and all the other countries that are also part of it, especially the developed countries, to also ensure that this mechanism works for all of us so that we can all achieve our objective within the targeted time frame or even more time. Thank you, Minister. I think you've highlighted a, a key element that sometimes is often forgotten, especially when it comes to climate change, when it comes to adaptation, mitigation, when we talk about financing, especially, there's always these big numbers that are thrown out there, but yet not many people talk about the importance of providing those pathways to allow for countries like the Gambia to access it more easily. Okay to really become more effective, to, to really start implementing straight away. So Minister, LDC5 is postponed, but remains on the horizon. It's another international event, but this time it is focused on the needs of the least developed countries or LDCs. As a minister from one of those LDCs, what would you like to see as the outcomes from LDC5? What should be the priorities for the coming 10 years? As I said, already for LDCs, we have our priority already identified in our various NDCs. And these are some of the things, financing, because all other things would be useless if there is no financing. Our priority here is to see more support for the LDC countries to be able to finance their mitigation and adaptation activities. And we would also want to see that looking at our NDCs, how do we implement our NDCs to achieve our national objectives, but also the Paris Agreement objectives of 1.5 degrees, which I doubt because many countries have not indicated their ambitions that are ambitious enough to do that. And the other thing that we want to see happen for me as minister responsible for environment, to see that more resources is being given to the local level and through our various structures, we should be able to fund more of the activities of vulnerable communities at the local level. So basically this is what we wanted to see happen. Thanks so much, Minister. So we got financing, we got easily accessing financing to implement national determined contributions of NDCs yeah. and having those most resources channeled through at the local level where action happens. So thanks so much for joining us today, Minister. Any last words you would like to share with our audience? As I said at the beginning, climate change is, is a global phenomenon and it's an issue and it's becoming an emergency, already an emergency. Let's all come together and support our local activities as well as the international efforts and regional efforts to see that climate change is ameliorated for sustainable livelihoods. Thanks so much, Minister. Indeed, responding to climate change, it's an emergency. We can all do our part and making sure that sustainable livelihoods are there, especially at the local level for those that we serve. 
So thanks so much again for joining us. It's been a not most pleasure. And this time around, we talked about locale, the local climate adaptive living facility. Search it, look for it, tune it, hashtag it, and bring in some new questions. And we'd be happy to walk you through what this mechanism actually means for the countries that we serve. And thank you to our audience for tuning in on Capital Musings UNCDF podcast, where we focus on fresh ideas that make finance work for the poor in the least developed countries. I'm Eduardo Tonchoni, your host, and you can find Capital Musings on Spotify, Apple, and our dedicated website, podcast.uncdf.org. If you liked this episode, please give it a thumbs up, leave a comment on Apple, Spotify, or directly on our dedicated website. And I look forward to having you tune in again next week for a new episode of Capital Musings. If you found this episode useful, please spread the word on Twitter with the hashtag Capital Musings and leave us a review. Reviews help us and new listeners discover the podcast. So if you enjoyed listening, please leave a review. Thanks and until next time.